Yo, what's going on? It's your boy, Big Wavy Roy Johnson here. Hello everyone, this is the interview queen, Alicia Too. This is the infamous Cameron Solis. This is the professional Nathan Cruz. This is Veggie. This is the Callahan Death Machine in the draw and the face of Impact Wrestling, Sammy Callahan. The one and only shot with Thunder Willie Mack. This is Shreddy Breck, a.k.a. Mr. Clangin' and Bangin'. And you're listening to... You are listening to... You are listening to... Broken But Glorious. Broken But Glorious. Broken But Glorious. Yeah. Hello, welcome to Broken But Glorious on BBGWrestling.com. I'm Chris Lapp and I'm delighted to be joined online by TNT Extreme Wrestling Interview, the host of the Keep It Locked podcast. And for all you daytime soap fans, Danny from Doctors... Simon Hill. <laughs> what an introduction. I think that's the best introduction I've ever had, Chris. Thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate the uh, the invite. That that has just put me over for the entire interview, so I've got to make sure that I live up to the hype now. <laughs> How are you doing this evening? Uh, very well, thank you, man. Uh, how's things at BBG? You guys are slaying it. I see all over social media. Uh, check out your shows. Uh, I'm really thank glad you. and uh, honoured to be uh, asked to be a part of it, man. So thank you. Well, thank you. Yeah, I've wanted to have you on for ages. So we tried. We tried to do this in August. Wasn't it? Yeah, it was a while ago. I, I was in a transition of moving across country at the time. I think, if I remember. During these yeah, crazy maybe. times, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's all good, man. You know, I'm I'm comfortable now. Like, you know, just kind of accepting the world for what it is and trying to make the most out of what's going on. So I think that's yeah. all we can do at the moment, and you know, hope for everyone's safety and sanity that we all come back stronger out of this. So you know, that's the most important thing. Yes, yeah, so originally you're going to come on to promote some TNT Extreme Wrestling shows this weekend but unfortunately due to Merseyside going into level three COVID restrictions they had to be cancelled that must have been a huge disappointment huge huge disappointment we had so many plans uh there wasn't much announced in terms of cards at the time where we had Mm. to cancel the shows but I can tell everybody who's listening to this the cards were the most stacked TNT shows you've ever ever seen in your life uh, we had three shows. Uh, we had the Extreme Show, the Ignition Show, the Family Friendly one, and then Siren's Fury, the all women's uh, show. Which I was that, that was the one I was most looking forward to. The cast yes. for that was absolutely unreal. Um, and yeah, very sad that that's not going to be happening this year. However, it just gives us more room and more time to plan for bigger things coming back in 2021. Yeah, so that initial show you had Scott Overman versus Cameron Salas. That that rivalry just all over the UK for the last two years has been amazing. It so. has, and, and we again, you know, for anybody who has, if anybody hasn't seen anything of TNT Extreme Wrestling just yet, one thing mm. I would urge anyone to check out is anything Cameron Salas and Scott Overman related. Again, we've got yes. big plans for that rivalry down the line. And it's just so cool the way that this is built. And Scott Oberman, for me, is one of the most underrated heels in the British wrestling scene at the moment. He's incredible. Something, something just seemed to click with him about 18 months ago. Yeah. He was, I don't know what it was. It just, he just seemed to find this character. And I just thought oh, it's amazing. He's, he's incredible. And he does, he's kind of, you know, I, I wrote an article for TWM on uh, TNT recently. And mm. I mentioned Scott Oberman in that article. 
and said that he's the full package and he really is. He knows how to really delve in to his psyche and bring out the, the worst in his character, I guess, <laughs> for lack of a better <laughs> term, you know, the worst in his character. And he really does. He, he's that, that, that idiot that you don't want to see mess things up, but you also kind of do because of how he does it. So, yeah, he's, uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's incredible at it. Very, very good. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> oh, so, so, how you been surviving lockdown? Yeah, it's been tough. I think, like anybody, we've all found mm. our struggles within this, um, mm. whether that be physically or mentally. Uh, however, you know, uh, in that time, I managed to just kind of get off my ass and go, do you know what? I I can still do this, that, and the other. So I launched my podcast. I launched yeah. my merch and. Uh, started writing for TWM, doing all these these things that I didn't get time to do when I was traveling the country four days a week, uh, you know, on various <laughs> various ventures of my life. Uh, but yeah. I managed to find time to get those things rolling. So I still got in that place where I was able to zone into making the most out of a bad situation, you know, and... Uh, Fortunately for me, you know, it paid off. The the podcast got global recognition, which was just crazy. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely crazy to be number 20 in, I think, was it Australia behind Stone Cold Steve oh, Austin? Wow. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I even put out a tweet at the time saying, I'm coming for you, Steve, you know. Um, so, yeah, once, you know. Once in um, Cambodia, we all won above Chris, Chris, Chris Jericho. We're like, yes, Cambodia's the only child that matters. (laughs) It's crazy though, isn't it? To think what, it doesn't matter what country or what continent, but to know that people are listening to your podcast more than the guys who have, you know, an audience of millions and are these world advertising budget. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely, you know, and I think it's just so, it's so humbling to know that people are out there. You know, I get, I get messages every week saying how much they enjoy episodes, how, who they want me to interview. And it's just so humbling that people take the time out to do that. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I never imagined in my wildest dreams that creating this podcast that I was hosting in my front room, uh, mm. <laughs> you know, editing on my bedroom floor. Uh, would ever get to the numbers, the level of notoriety that it has. It's unbelievable. I'm very thankful. Yeah, I'm sorry. I sit at my dining room table <laughs> my laptop. That's... Yeah, it's crazy. World champions, you're like, why, why, why do these world champions want to talk to me in my back room? It's <laughs> crazy. We must be doing something right, Chris. We must be doing something right. Whatever it is, we're yeah. doing it right. Yeah, but I used to host a football podcast and just getting any, anybody of note to come on was so hard compared to the wrestling. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, the, the, I think the thing is with football uh, mm. these days, it's very over-glamorised. There is way too much money. Um, we're going to get into politics here, Chris, and I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> But I think no, with no, the yeah. they're all they're all mate they're all mate media trained to death though the rest of the footballers yeah, as well they exactly they are yeah. they are yeah. and it's yeah. you know I think when you tap in especially to the indie scene these days which I find 
so enthralling and entertaining for, for many, many reasons. And the talent mm. and level of talent and humbleness shown by the talent on the indie scene makes this worth every single second. Yes. It really does. Whereas, you know, I've, I've, I've interviewed bands and stuff. I remember interviewing Kaiser Chiefs and now they were lovely, uh, back in the day. Yeah. But when I interviewed Arctic Monkeys, they were very awkward. <laughs> um, I can imagine them being awkward. <laughs> yeah. Whereas Ricky very... Wilson's a bit like, ah, so he could, so he could be well, quite fun to. Originally, you know, before I, before I kind of got into the world of media properly, and when yeah. I, I, I went to do this interview with the Kaiser Chiefs, and uh, it was for when I was working with Kerrang Radio. Yes. We went up to Leeds to this. I can't even explain it. It was like basically where they used to jam as kids, you know, before they got big. Uh, so it was basically just like a rehearsal room, and they did the the album front to back for us for for the media that were there. And uh, anyway, I was holding the microphone, and I asked him a question. He answered it, and I think I said something like, "Oh well, you know, we've heard that so and so is your favourite person on the radio. You know, what about you know what about me?" And he kissed me. <laughs> <laughs> which was the most bizarre thing now that was my claim to fame at the time so i was like well, ricky wilson kiss me but it was just so unexpected but that's what made the kaiser chiefs so much fun was that they just didn't take themselves seriously there's a no. lot of bands there's a lot of talent there's a lot of sports stars that i have had the pleasure of interviewing in the past that do take themselves very very seriously uh, I'm a huge NBA fan, and I got the honour to go and interview Kyrie Irving um, two years ago now. Uh, and he was someone I followed religiously in the NBA, thought he was incredible talent. And anyway, we went to London, beautiful hotel, all set up, cameras, lights, everything, ready for this live broadcast on NBA TV. And um, we're all hyped, and I meet Kyrie first time. Hello, how's it going? He looked a bit a bit tired but I you know I understood because he just got off a flight then went to train and then come to do media so anyway I've got this 12 minute live broadcast on NBA TV with him sorry and (laughs) I asked I introduce him I put him over really well uh you know sort of it went something like this Chris I'm now joined by five-time NBA all-star Kyrie Irving and then his response was I'm not just an NBA All Star. I'm a winner in the league. As deadpan as you like. Unlike this is live oh. as well. Now, out of my peripherals, what you can't see on camera is all of his PR, the NBA PR, international press, just all put their head in their hands <laughs> simultaneously. It's like, oh, how is this gonna go? Like, no, and they always say, "Don't meet your heroes." But to be honest, he walked, yeah. you know, he, he, he'd grown into the interview after the first yeah. couple of minutes and, um, the awkwardness kind of soon went away. But it's, it, it's like that, that you, you notice the humbleness in British wrestling, I feel, uh, and, and yeah. on the indie scene that, you know, they are just as thankful for you asking them to be a part of something as you are to be involved with it. So I, I do feel that the indie scene is certainly growing because of that culture. Yeah, I'm still shocked when any, anybody says yes to interviews. Still, <laughs> it's an amazing feeling. 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, uh, I think I asked Shannon more. Just he just happened to stop following me, and I just went. She found two minutes. He goes, "Yeah, I'm driving to what's that convention for all in." He goes, "I'm driving there. I can, I can, you can interview me while I'm driving there. I've got nothing else to do." And I was like, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> Those are the things that make it fun, though, because it's a different situation. Mm. So you have a different concentration level. Usually, when it's things like that, it's a little bit more relaxed. When they're yeah. sitting in a room it's, and they're thinking lovely, and yeah. trying to process, there might be a little bit of media training kicking in now and again. So, yeah, I think, you know, in those situations, it's a lot more fun because they're a bit more relaxed. This is the infamous Cameron Solis, and you're listening to Broken But Glorious. Who was your favourite wrestler growing up? Shawn Michaels, without a shadow of a doubt. Oh, yes. HVK. I mean, I always wanted to be Shawn Michaels, and I still don't think, and... I don't think there will ever be anyone that comes close to that level of talent as a as an all round product. You know, like he had so everything. Like nine, ninety two to ninety seven ish. Yeah, Shawn Michaels or Ford again, Shawn Michaels. So it's ninety nine. Yeah, he was. I mean, yeah. for me, especially coming towards the end of his career, you know, that whole the whole Undertaker thing. You know, him and him mm. and Taker going at Hell in a Cell. Um, then the Triple H angle. I mean, it just. For him to still be able to kick it the way he did at the end of his career, like that just speaks volumes, you know, to some of the guys that are just starting out who can look at a guy back then who was touching 40s, uh, and still flying around a ring with ease, um, and yeah, telling that first, first battle he had back with him, Triple H. After, after four years, we're back injury was just a mental. Like, how the hell are you doing this? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, and I think that's the difference in in modern day wrestling and and wrestling that we watched growing up. I mean, to be quite honest, you know, there's various promotions out there now that are putting out some great stuff. I really, I've started to become a big fan of AEW. Uh, yes. I think they are doing some amazing stuff. I was super stoked when Eddie got signed. Um, <laughs> I was over the moon. Uh, and yes, he, you know, he's I, appeared at a TNT a couple of times. Eddie, isn't it? we yeah, we we had him back in February. And, um, yeah, he that's that's the most emotional interview I've ever done. Um, yeah, to the point where I'm trying to stay in the gimmick of an interviewer without shedding a tear because Eddie was so emotional. He was very tearful. He was he was clearly, you know, um moved by his his experience at TNT and it was a great interview mm. and it was it was a pleasure to to interview him. Yeah. Uh but yeah, you know, and then going on, you know, I think WWE are doing some good things, uh some things that may be questionable and impact of just They've just blown up again, haven't they? They've just been incredible. Um, I need to yeah, catch up. I've heard Bound for Glory was really good. I haven't had a chance to watch it. Yeah, I need it. to go back and watch yeah. Bound for Glory. We have, yeah. we have done a review. And we, we interviewed Diana Peraza last week. She was lovely ahead of Bound for Glory. How was she? She, she? She's a lovely girl, I've heard. She's lovely, yeah. We were our last inter- media interview today, and she was lovely and peppy and just chatty. It was lovely. Sometimes when you do the media interviews, they do, Rushed they in. are sometimes one-word one answers. And, but <laughs> she was lovely. Yeah, she's dead chatty. I was like, still had, 
Because you, you only get given 15 minutes. 15 minutes, 18 minutes max, as they get, you get told. And you can't talk about this, 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 this. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. That's usually the case. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. But there was, I had questions left. Because I usually write loads because I just don't know how they're going to be. I don't know how oh, yeah, yeah. done that day outside the also, but yeah, I, yeah. You also no. have to, you, you always have to be, uh, it's better to be over prepared than under, isn't it? Definitely. Yeah, uh, but yeah, no, I'll, uh, I'll have to check that out actually. I haven't, uh, I haven't heard a Diana Perrazzo interview yet, but, uh, yeah. yeah she's, she's lovely. Uh, she's, I've heard very good things about her. She's a lovely woman apparently. Have you, have you ever been a lapse fan? No, uh, which is random actually. I don't know why. <laughs> so you you survived 1995 and you survived the early 2000s. <laughs> yeah, I um, yeah, I did. I don't know why. I, it's just it's very weird. I think, but I I must have just been clearly into something else at the time. But um, mm. yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I missed the whole last year there. I just stopped. I stopped watching around sevenish. Because I, I was, yeah, I was going out. I was met girls and <laughs> found up yeah, beer. I was out every night, <laughs> occasionally watching every catch up on a Sunday morning or go. Yeah, uh, yeah. missed yeah. the whole last year there. Got yeah, back yeah, into yeah. it a little bit, two thousand and one, and moved out. Didn't have Sky, so start watching again. But I, I always kept all the results, but I never watched it really. I mean, yeah, the, the attitude here was a defining moment in wrestling. Mm. Uh, you know, so many great memories from actually watching throughout Raw, throughout SmackDown, when SmackDown was brand new, you know, and, and it mm. was Rock's brand, and um, I just, I, I don't think you'll beat some of those match types that were around then as well. I mean, you look at some of the matches they were having then that were a lot more physical and a lot more engaging than some of the ones that were, were seen uh, more recently, uh, but there's some acts yeah. classic, there really is. Yeah, I've went back and watched it now since getting the network a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately I didn't watch it. I didn't have any friends who liked wrestling either, so it was hard to I really <laughs> see keep we, up When I grew up and I was in school, we were wrestling on the playground, getting told off for it, and then we'd wait for the teachers to go and start wrestling each other again. In, pri- in primary school we were, but that was that was when like, it was huge. It was around wrestling, uh, SummerSlam 92, so wrestling was massive in like, the early 90s. In my yeah. primary school, but when I got to secondary school, I, was like, I think there was only like me. I was only wrestling <laughs> trying to do. <laughs> yeah, no, there was. Um, we uh, what we used to do on on a lunchtime is we used to go into the library where we had computers. Now, bear in mind the internet was still quite new around this time, um, yes. and we would get onto WWE online and we would get the results because obviously it was. Uh, Raw on a Monday, and the results would come onto their website on a Tuesday, but we never used to get it till the Friday. Friday. Yeah, so we used to get it Friday night. So we knew what was happening before the show, but obviously when you still watch a show, you're not quite... You, you seem to We seem to just forget everything we've read and would still be absolutely blown away. Um, because back then as well, Raw, Raw almost felt like what pay-per-views are these days. Like, it was just their normal week was just so extravagant, so much going on. The level of talent, you know, (laughs) were just around, and it was incredible to just be so engaged by it all. Uh, And, yeah, I I remember 
every Friday I would have to come and stop round my nan's because she had cable at the time, which Raw was on. Yeah. And <laughs> I would have to beg her to let me stay up until midnight um, to watch it because on a Friday you had, so you had Simpsons, <laughs> six till seven, and yes. <laughs> then you had an hour free. And then you had WCW the first hour. Then as soon as the first hour was up, Raw would start. So it was just a great night of TV mm. when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, <definitely. laughs> yeah man. Oh, those are the days. Hi, this is Tom Thelwell, and you're watching the Broken But Glorious podcast. As you mentioned, you started your broadcast career at Kerrang Radio. How did you get involved with like, broadcasting? Right. Sit down and strap in. This is a long story. <laughs> <laughs> so... I used to listen to this radio show on Kerrang Radio called Tim Shaw's Asylum. Now, this was a very adult-orientated show. Started at 10pm, one until one. Mm. Uh, by adult-orientated, I mean they used to have, uh, you know, they, they would... Tim Shaw was a comedian, and his show was all about being funny, doing pranks live on air, winding people yeah. up, and interviewing random guests you know you'd be interviewing uh like a crime scene cleanup guy one minute and then <laughs> david beckham's tattoo is the next but in the middle oh, of wow. all of that they would get a dominatrix to whip these guys live on air <laughs> so it was this kind of show so you can imagine what what sort of stuff's going on this was five five nights a week monday to friday so i used to listen to it religiously i had to be at my hi-fi at the time gosh i remember hi-fis um and I would listen to this show 10 till 1 every night. And uh, I'd just be so engrossed. And I was like, that's what I want to do with my life. I want to be on radio. How do I do it? Right. Well, there's courses for this. So media, media. Right. Okay. So I can go to media in my local town. Now, I'm, a, I'm originally from Walsall, which is a place near Birmingham. You can probably tell by the horrific infliction. Um, but I really wanted to get involved in radio so i did i went to college and i studied media straight away so now the thing with media is you had to study all of these three aspects which were journalism radio and broadcast production I had no yes. interest in two of those i just wanted radio uh so anyway what what ended up happening was i got i, I showed all my passion and desire to get into radio hosted the first college radio show back of that year helped them build a new studio became the face of Warsaw College Radio yeah. and um, I ended up listening to Tim Shaw's Asylum and he used to say on the show if anyone wants to come in, sit in the corner of the studio, see it all unfold because it was almost like a film production that was on the radio which is really bizarre but that's how, how they used to paint the picture of what was going on you know, this wasn't oh, just like wow. me and you were probably sitting at a table somewhere on a chair. Uh, it's not that pretty behind us. But there they were painting the picture that you're involved in this show. So I did this and I texted into the studio going, oh, I'd love to come and watch the show happen. Uh, so I used to do that and I, I eventually kind of used to go every week every monday night i'd be that kid sat in the corner of the studio watching all this madness this creativity and this just bizarre stuff going on the radio and it was <laughs> that, 
like you could have filmed it now in radio you you can probably already guess you've got you know you have your desk which is where you have all your buttons and your knobs and your twisty things you have a few monitors in front of you one will be a text screen one will be the playlist one will be the phones and that's it you're just talking then between the songs but this this was so different because watching this unfold was like a tv show so it, you know, tim would go on and he would talk his spiel and he would introduce the next guest he would talk to the guest he'd make the guest do something that they're renowned yeah. for not just talk about it on the radio but make them do it and make them create a picture for us to see over the radio if that makes sense so yeah. straight away i was like i need to do this for a living and anyway i remember you know i used to be that kid just sat in the corner as i said Watching all this unfold, and I didn't go over Christmas time. I think I had like a Christmas job somewhere, maybe HMV or Music Zone or something like that. And still to this day, I can't tell you how at the time the producer got my number. But she called me in January and she said, we need a new runner for the show. We know that you know the show. You know, you come on a regular basis. Do you want to come and do it? I was like, holy bleep. Wow. Um, And I I was like, yes. I absolutely do. Now, this wasn't paid. This was me earning my stripes, cutting my teeth, and I had to work hard. Uh, I was the guy that went and set the studio up. I would, I was the guy that was editing what they called jingles or IDs. I was the guy doing the tea and getting the food or getting the chairs and Eventually, the trust started coming in. They would allow me to book the guests. And it was all this hard work that was paying off that I really wanted this. I wanted this so bad that I was willing to spend nine, ten hours a day without getting paid in Kerrang Studios Mm. in Birmingham doing what I loved. And I did exactly that for, I think it was about eight months and then I got offered a contract, and I was oh, there for three and a half years. So that's how it all began, Chris. And the fact that I used to listen to the show that I that made me want to work in radio, and then I ended up working on that show was just a dream come true. Uh, and then, you know, me and Tim Shaw, we ended up working together for seven and a half years after that. Oh, amazing. And obviously he's gone on to better, you know, better things. He's the host of Car SOS these days on National Geographic or wherever it's on. Um, and you know, we we've both we've both done pretty well out of Kerrang, to be honest. Yeah, then, you, then, then you have to interview Mick Foley because he just didn't have a clue about, <laughs> about wrestling. <laughs> I did, I did. Where did you hear this story? Yes, but I did. Um, <laughs> good research. Um, Yes, so I remember Tim had said to me, um, so my character, so everyone had a character name on this show. Um, The producer was Juicy Lucy, (laughs) and my character (laughs) was Donk Hole. Now, the story uh, behind this, sorry, was Tim had said to me, right, give me some nicknames that you had in school. Now, at one of the World Cups, (laughs) back when I was younger, David Seaman, who was the England goalkeeper, was called a donkey for flapping Ronaldinho's free kick. Yes. If you remember. 2002? Some, around that time, yeah. It, it had to be about that. And um, and on the school playground, I remember doing something different 
So the guys on the playground used to call me a little donkey. So, yeah. <laughs> so I told Tim this. Uh, and it was like, and just Tim's creative mind's going, he's like, donk hole. There we go. That's your name. So it was, <laughs> so that was my character name on air for three years. And, you know, even today, you know, when me and Tim are talking on text, he'll be like, oh, cheers, donks, or how's it going, donks? You know, it's, it's never my actual name or anything. It's just one of those <laughs> things that stuck. Uh, so anyway, you, I, I get in, I'm sitting on the desk and he's going, um, donks, do you know much about wrestling? I'm like, yeah, why? He's like, do you know Mick Foley? Yeah. Well, we're interviewing him. Okay, right. Uh, have you got some questions? No. Well, I don't know anything about wrestling or about Mick Foley, so can you do the interview? Okay, well, how long have we got? He's on in 25 minutes. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so, so we get in the studio, and I don't really have any notes. I just have my knowledge. Uh, so I was talking, and you could tell the interview was a little bit awkward because it wasn't planned. Um, no. I would take that moment back in a heartbeat. And, uh, but I did get to interview Mick Foley, yes, on Kerrang Radio. It was just such a weird experience. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, um, it was, it was fun. It was fun. And it yeah. was a memory that I, that I, I really do hold dear. I mean, the other one that was, that went a lot better was Bret Hart. Uh, we actually oh, had wow. him come into the studio. I think uh, he was over here. Oh, so. uh, and he's such a nice guy. He was, I think he was over promoting a book or something. And we had him in the studio. And again, Tim knows nothing about wrestling. So I'm doing most of the legwork here. Uh, but I'm also kind of starstruck at the same time because I was still quite young. I was like 19 at this time. Wow. And, um, I'm like, Oh man, that's like Bret Hart. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, whereas now if I saw him, I'd be excited, but I'd know how to control my excitement. At 19, you're just starting your career in radio. You're sat opposite somebody you have watched religiously since you were a child. Uh, it's very, very different. So I was, uh, yeah, I was sat there, we were asking questions. We had a good time. He signed a book for me and, um, we had a photo outside the Kerrang studio and, uh, as he left, he said to me, he was like, keep working at it, kid. And I, I oh, still remember those yeah. words. And, um, yeah, he just, he, he tapped me on the shoulder and he just said, keep working at it, kid. You'll get there. It's incredible. Incredible. So as, as you're like a, a, as you're like a fan of the Attitude Era and you work as a Quran, I'm guessing you're a fan of like the greatest genre of music ever, new metal. Absolutely. Yep. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I was actually brought up on, uh, you know, the, the, the classic terminology of rock, really, uh, or classic terminology of heaven. It, it's very grey these days, but sort of your, your Metallicas, your Iron Maidens, yes. um, yes. <laughs> ACDCs, Black Sabbath. So I was brought up on that kind of stuff growing up. And yeah, as soon as I found secondary school and Kerrang Radio and a guitar, it started to then go into, yeah, the new metal, you know, the Linkin Parks, the Papa Roaches, the System of the Downs, and... Oh, can you believe that um, Hybrid Theory is 20 years old? It's crazy. So it makes me feel um, so old. Yeah, cho chocolate Starfish and the Hot Dog Flayed Water is 20 years old as well. So, oh, I feel what an so old. old. <laughs> no, it's, it's crazy to think that um, 
back then we weren't illegally downloading music off any site whatsoever and sharing them with our friends but just playing those albums in music in um in music class and all of us yeah. trying to play along with our guitars oh, wow. and Oh, man, you know, we'd come in the next week with a brand new album, whether that be Papa Roach or Linkin Park or whoever, you know, and we'd, we'd all sit there and play during our lunch breaks or over, or like I said, over music lesson or whatever. It's just such an incredible time to be alive. Yes. That was, really was. Great era of music. Yes, that's what I listen to now. I really sad. <laughs> Honestly, if my, if you saw my Spotify, I still mm. listen to the exact same playlist as I did in 2017 and as I did back when I was a kid. It really, there's very little change. I can't really think of a band I've really got into the last 10, 12 years. Like, I've rediscovered bands from the 90s, which I really like. <laughs> Yeah, me. I mean, I don't know. Actually, I, th- I think you're right. I mean, there's there's been a couple. I mean, Royal Blood have been good to get into. Um, you know, they they kind of almost bought rock back from its mm. absolute depths. Um, yeah, I really enjoy listening to those guys. Uh, Citizen, no, no, they that that was the song. What were they called? Hang on, I'm gonna have to get my phone up here, Chris, because there's a band <laughs> who are no longer. Uh, with us, um, they split up, um, but they were very good, and I was very late getting into them. You may remember them. Let me. Egypt Central, no, very good. I would advise you go and listen to them. So they split up a few years ago, and I only kind of stumbled on that by researching them because they came up on you know when Spotify do these daily mix. Um, yes, that's that's why I rediscovered bands. Yeah, well, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. I, I was just going to say, I've, I've, I discovered Three Days Grace through my daily mix a few years ago. Um, if you remember Three Days Grace, a yes. great band, uh, <laughs> the ultimate breakup song, as, as people call it. Uh, but yeah, what a great year of music to to be alive to. That's what I say. Avengers Sevenfold, but that was probably two thousand seven, two thousand eight. I got into them, so it's not like so, yeah, <laughs> that's not even recently. I didn't mm. like them when I was growing up at all. <laughs> it took me a while to get used to the guys, the singing voice. I didn't like his voice to begin with, but it, but the rest of the band, I just loved the, the music. But yeah, I, I, yeah, I couldn't imagine them without that voice. No, no yeah. very yeah, much. He, he took singing lessons apparently after the, sec- the second album. <laughs> <laughs> he's, uh, he's got a distinct voice. I mean, he does a great, mm. uh, if you remember Good Charlotte, he does a, a great little cameo on the Oh, Good Charlotte. Yeah, on the river. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, very, very good. Hey up, it's Leon Gray. And Ryan Thorne. Together we're made to last, and you're listening to Broken But Glorious. <laughs> so you're, so you're <laughs> a backstage interviewer for TNT Extreme Wrestling. Uh, how did you get into the, the wrestling side of the business? You know, Chris, it was something I always wanted to get into. I just never knew how. So, no. you know, I'd gone through the radio and the TV uh, presenting the gaming industry and hosting various stage shows. And I was like, do you know what? I would, I just want to know how I can break into the wrestling industry because I've been a fan since a kid. Um, you know, I'm very confident in my skills as an interviewer. How do I do this? <laughs> and I, I had no idea. It was, it was a friend that had suggested to me, she had a contact with a, an indie promotion. It's more like a Butlins uh, wrestling yeah. show. And she was like, 
look, just go and ring announcer. Looking for a ring announcer, and um, you know, go and do a few shows and see if you like it, and then just find out how you can kind of expand that. And I was like, okay, cool. So yeah, I went and did uh, ring announcing for this uh, very family Butlin style promotion. Mm. Yeah. And it was great fun. My, you know, my first show was introducing the likes of Johnny Storm and Joey Legend. And oh wow! That. So I was already around people you would either consider very, very experienced or legends. Uh, no pun intended on Joey Legend there, but you know, it was it was one of those where I was like, okay, so I can learn something. And do you know what? The guys were amazing. Joey Legend, Johnny Storm, especially after the shows would come and give me pointers and it wasn't many, which I was very shocked at. And yeah. I was just so humbled that they wanted me back and to keep doing it. So I just kept doing it. And I, the thing with me, Chris, and you probably see this on social media is I always strive to do something new or something better than my last. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm yes. always trying to find mm-hmm. things to, to put out there. And I was like, right. So I've now done four ring announcing shows I need my own merch. (laughs) Normal way of thinking. Um, And I then started to get introduced because I already, at the time, I was already DJing the FCP um, after parties. Mm. And so I was seeing all the Fight Club guys, you know, every month uh, for the last two and a half years. But my only experiences with those guys is I was just always getting drunk with them and playing music with them. So I remember sitting down with Trent and, um, well, say sitting down. We were just drinking. And uh, I was like, dude, I need to know how to get into this stuff. And he's like, just send me stuff over and we'll see what happens. And um, I was like, cool. And then it didn't really get back to me. But, you know, it was one of those, I, I, like, I knew he was busy. But every time we saw each other, we just always got on. And now these days, my girlfriend hates me drinking with him because I never get him into <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, the last time that me and Trent were drinking together, uh, I think I I was out DJing until 3am, then me and him went to wow. another after party, and I got through the front door at half past nine <laughs> the following morning. So, yeah, she's uh, she, she wasn't very happy. But... You know, there was there was advice that he could give me and point me in the right direction. So I just started firing off my show reel, which had more games TV presenting than anything else. So it didn't really have much yeah. in the terms of wrestling. Started firing them off to a load of British indie promotions, and I knew Steve Cullen, who was is the production manager at TNT. And I messaged him, and I was yeah. quite formal. He was like, "Dude, there's no need to be formal. I know who you are." Um, <laughs> and I was like, well, sorry, dude. It was just a generic message I was just firing across. Well, anyway, uh, Jay Apter at TNT, he messaged me the very start of January and was like, uh, do the backstage interviews, do you film TV shows, blah, blah, blah. Uh, are you interested in this? And he kind of pitched Barbed Wire, which is the new online show that TNT mm-hmm. have. And he's like, would you be interested in hosting this? So what Barb Wire is, is basically match of the day for TNT. Uh, yes. It's the highlights, it's the interviews, um, and we also tell stories through through this show. So they introduced me, I went down. My my first show 
was DOA. Now, talk wow. about being thrown into the deep end. <laughs> yeah. I was, I, my first interview was Ricky Shane Page. And, uh, in between all this, you know, I'm standing watching the matches to get content. And, uh, I remember the match between Clint Marger and Ricky Shane Page. Clint threw a light tube at Ricky. Ricky kicked it in half. The half that Ricky kicked came straight towards my face. And uh, I was like, so this is what I've signed up for. And <laughs> it was it was such... I, you know, I, I was there just interviewing Ricky Shane Page, interviewing Charlie Evans whilst blood is streaming from her face, uh, yes. interviewing Clint Margera whilst he's picking shards of glass out of his arm. Oh. And I was like, wow. This is crazy. So, and for some reason, I fell in love with it there and then. And that's yeah. that's kind of how it all came around is is through the help of friends um, and you know people that I managed to become friends with or you know get on with very well. And and I think being around the the Fight Club Pro guys on a monthly basis and having such a an easy relationship with them all. It was just, it helped me gain the confidence to go out there and get it, you know? Being around all the, the wrestlers and like doing all the interviews, did you ever get some ambition of wanting to get into the ring? <sighs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we'll throw this back to Kerrang a little bit. So yeah, when I was at Kerrang, we had... This is when the British indie scene was starting to emerge lightly, but it was there and it was slowly coming through. And 2011 ish, 2012 ish, or is that too late? Probably a little bit earlier than that. Yeah. 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 It was very. It seemed to explode at like 12, 13. Yeah. It, exploded, it, it? it was. So it was yeah. just before all that. So we had this promotion come down and the three people that came were Bomber Dave, Dave Matthews, yes. Rockstar Spud, or Drake Maverick, and Don Charles. Uh, so we had all these three in the studio and we were talking. Now, the story with me and Dave was Tim... So I was like the full guy of the show. So if there were pranks yes. to be played, <laughs> they would be played on me. And Tim had kind of announced to the world, right, guys, so if you want to see Don Cole get slammed... By a professional wrestler, text yes man. <laughs> Two and a half thousand texts came in saying wow. yes. So outside of the Grand <laughs> Studio, it's kind of like I can't really it's like kitchen floor, but more like a metallic uh yes. <clears throat> excuse me. So we're we're outside and we're doing a little uh interview and Don Charles snatches the microphone out microphone out of my hand and starts to cut a promo on me. Now, there wasn't any warning for Dave picking me <laughs> up. And Dave's a big guy. Yes. So Dave picks me up and slams me. Now, there's no give on metal floor <laughs> whatsoever. I was not taught how to land. I just landed. Uh, so <laughs> I did that, and I was like, oh, this hurts. So... You know, with with the the adrenaline kicking in and Tim urging me to get off the floor to get ready for the next link, I just about got ready, and Don Charles snatched the mic again 
and Dave slammed me for a second time. I have a picture of Dave slamming me on the second time, and his 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 holding foot is is planted, but his other one is off the floor. That's how much power wow. he's put in to slamming me, slamming me on this metal floor. And I didn't get up. I missed my next link uh, because I couldn't breathe. So that's, <laughs> that's my experience with Dave Mastiff. And um, after that, I did I did go wrestling training because we were going to do a we were going to extend on that story that you know oh, he's he's got slammed by a professional wrestler. So we've sent Don Carlo to get professional wrestling training, and we were going to build up to me doing a little spot in a show somewhere. Yeah, uh, but I just didn't stick it out because I was very young and naive, uh, a little bit arrogant. So I, I, yeah, I, I wish now I'd stuck it out. Uh, but since getting into TNT and seeing the guys work, and you know, it's a learning day every single day, and to be surrounded yeah. by the likes of the Kings of the North and. Uh, the she wolves, Lana Austin, all the, you know, and they're just talking to you as if you're one of them, which is great because I learn so much. I'm like a sponge when it comes to that stuff. Um, and yeah, it has made me want to kind of just get in, take a few bumps. Uh, I wouldn't want to do it full time. Uh, I'm very happy no. being, being the guy in front of the camera holding the microphone. Uh, I think that's where my skills are definitely, <laughs> are definitely best suited. I'll leave the, I'll leave the rest to to the real workers uh, of the the business, but yeah, you know, I wouldn't mind just getting in, taking a few bumps, and uh, and yeah, you know, seeing where it goes, and then quickly just dust myself off to get back on camera. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Mad Dog Mike Angus from TNT Extreme Wrestling. Make sure to listen out for Broken but Glorious podcast with me, the Mad Dog Mike Angus. Rock on! Currently, you're the host of the. Keep it locked with Simon Hill podcasting. What were you called for? Was it going going gold? No. Gone gold, gold yeah. Gone gold. gold gone. Yeah, so tell us a bit about the show. How the the, the origins? So this actually goes back to. So I was working in the gaming industry uh, last year. I took a break from presenting for a year, and yeah. I'm working for a, a gaming publisher, Deep Silver. Excuse me, and they publish games such as Saints Row, Dead Island, Metro. The list mm. goes on. Uh, and I was working for these guys, and I, I really wanted to do a podcast. They wouldn't let me at the time. So when I left there uh, by my own choosing uh, to pursue my career at what I enjoy and what I'm good at, is um, I came up with this concept. Right, I could just go in, create this podcast, interview game developers, publishers, voiceover yeah. artists. I was like, right, that's brilliant. What could I call it? Gone Gold, because that's gaming terminology. Perfect. Well, then I got into the wrestling business very shortly after this idea. <laughs> yes. And the artwork had been made by a very good friend of mine, Lee Hunt. Needs a big shout-out for all the incredible work he does. Um, and I just kept the name. I thought, you know what? It still kind of works. I mean, championships are, can be gold. gold. You know, my, yeah. <laughs> I was trying to justify it to myself. Um, <laughs> so... The lockdown came in, and I know I knew myself I needed to do something to keep building what I had built. And I was like, I've wanted to do this bloody podcast for so long now. 
just do it. So I, I got everything that I needed in place and started. My first guest was Adam Maxted. Um, yes. Who, you know, we, we worked together on our last show or last but one show at TNT. And, um, usually after a show, we all kind of go out, have some drinks, but me and Adam weren't feeling it. So we went and got Mackies at one o'clock in the morning and <laughs> chatting and, and, you know, we, um, we just formed a good relationship. So straight away, as soon as I, I came to the idea, right, you know what? Adam, perfect first guest. Uh, not just for, for his Love Island stuff, but because what people don't know about him is he's a damn good wrestler and he's already wrestled some of the best in the world. I mean, the guy had wrestled Drew McIntyre, uh, yes. only, what, like two years ago. So, yeah, I, you know, straight away, I was like, perfect. So that it just snowballed and the attention that got. I was like, oh man, right, okay, so I need to keep going. <laughs> this wasn't just <laughs> testing the water, you know. Uh, and then it was Big Guns Joe and Alexis Falcon and Candy Floss was just a joy. She was bubbly beyond belief. I didn't really know what to expect because I, I was friends of friends with her. So yes. I didn't know anything about her other than she was just up for a good laugh that's all i was told and still to this day i would probably say that's definitely one of my favorites because she yeah, would, that, was a, that was a lot of fun that I <laughs> you know the fact that we were dabbing at each other halfway through <laughs> uh so yeah you know the, the notoriety was there and i thought you know what gone gold just isn't working um because i need something that's more associated with me uh and my brand now what I was always famed, not famed, what I was always renowned for was saying keep it locked at the end of each show, which would, whether that was TV, whether that was, you know, stage shows, game, whatever it was, that was kind of my sign off. So yeah. Like, oh man. Well, I've already made merch that says keep it locked. So that's perfect. Let's just call the, the, the podcast keep it locked. And straight away, my first month back, I had Valkyrie, Akid, Corvin, Tyson Pivo, and I was starting to have pretty much the entire of the NXT UK roster <laughs> just, just <laughs> me uh, and and being on the show. And these, you know, I was very fortunate, Chris, that this wasn't a similar situation to yourself where you were timed fifteen minutes. These guys wanted to talk to me for an hour, and I was just like, yes. Man. Yeah. Uh, and I, I really got some great interviews. I had so much fun out of that. And, um, you know, Tyson T-Bone again, because I'd worked with him at TNT. We, we, we just got on anyway. So it was one of those where I just messaged him. was like, you fancy doing it? Yeah, cool. <laughs> he seems like a really nice guy. I've met some good couple of meet and greets after shows. Yeah, no, he's, he's a great guy. Very knowledgeable, uh, about the yeah. business. Very knowledgeable. Um, and, you know, I certainly hope that WWE or NXT, and NXT UK take, you know, use that, uh, you know, for training purposes in the future, because it's something that he really wants to get into. And I think he would be the perfect man to do it. Uh, but so I yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I met, I met Tyson T-Bone when I was pretty drunk once. <laughs> it was Tyson T-Bone. <laughs> Rich, Rich Shaw and then, uh, Ollie and Luke from WrestleTalk. Oh, yeah. 
in, a, in, a, in the media room at, Rest, at Wrestle Media Comp. Because <laughs> I, I got pretty nervous. I had a couple of drinks before my interviews. <laughs> I was interviewing like Eli Drake, um, oh, yeah. Joe, Joe Hendry, and Eddie Eddie Edwards, and Trevor Lee before he signed for WWE. So I had a couple of drinks back. So the, so time. The show came on the evening. I was pretty drunk, so it was. I mean, yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, so yeah, he's, um, he's a really he, nice guy. He's a friend of a friend, and we we spoke, that... and he he agreed to do it. He agreed to come on, and then it was at the very very last minute that he was told that he couldn't do it anymore. So um, everything was, say, was like just before he started for Ring of Honor. Or... Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, literally, it was it, we we both set a time and date and everything, and it just got down to that last <laughs> minute. And he was like, "Dude, I'm sorry, man." I was like, ah, "Don't worry, I'll get how it works." Um, but yeah, you know, I, it is good to work that especially if you put a, a few hours of research into stuff as well. When oh, something just some, something happens that you can't, the interview doesn't happen. You're like, oh. I have one name that I can't mention. Uh, that I we were going back and forth for ages, and she's a friend of a friend and um, incredible talent. Uh, the only thing I will say, she's been on AEW, and we we were talking for a while. She's going to come on. Did hours and hours of research just because I knew it was going to be a killer interview. She's very yeah. bubbly and very outgoing, and uh, she didn't show up for the interview message oh. going oh i forgot and that was the end of that <laughs> oh. <laughs> so but i won't mention but yeah you know from from the transition of gone gold to keep it locked i mean my last episode i think if i remember was Mechawolf, and that was an incredible gone gold, yeah, yeah yeah that was an unbelievable interview i uh, me and Mechawolf get on very long well. After he was on, it was not long after he was on 205 Live, was it? Uh, yeah, well, unless, uh, 205 Live was like 2015 or something like that. Oh, I wasn't. I listened to the interview at the time, I'm just trying to remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we get on very well. We, we've met, yeah. So we met when he came over for FCP. And um, yeah, we actually became good mates. We went out. Uh, in London one night, got absolutely steaming drunk, uh, screaming our vocal cords out to Danzig. <laughs> wow. And um, I remember him messaging me when the podcast was going on. He was like, um, are you going to ask me to do this interview or what? <laughs> I was like, yeah, if you want to do it. And um, anyway, yeah, so we, I remember we, we spoke before and it was like, right, bro, I'm going to tell you now, I'm going to be completely open. Ask what you want. So the first thing I had in mind was that incident and 205 Live, um, yes. you know, with Mustafa Ali, because what went, what happened and what took place after it and online after it was very, very public. Uh, and a lot of people had their own opinions of it. And John at the time, sorry, Mechawolf at the time was meant to feel or meant out to be a scapegoat so uh yeah i wanted to push on that and i did and yeah. he was very honest you know he he came out and he said look we both said things we didn't mean and we said it on a public format instead of us just manning it out and you know since then they've 
they've met up at a show in Chicago and they've hashed it all out and they're good. They're on good terms. And I think that's the beautiful thing about wrestling is, unfortunately, there's a lot of people that speak about their own opinions on something without knowing the actual facts of how things yes. are, um, which painted that particular situation in a very, very bad light for, for Mechawolf. Um, but after that, you know, uh, and after that interview, I got so many messages, so many messages saying how good it was, how good it was to hear that story, uh, to hear how relaxed Mechawolf is and how cool he seems. And it was just great because I think when you do this job, Chris, when you get yeah. the opportunity to interview these talent and you give them the platform to say how, to, to express how they feel, about a certain situation, then you're able to help that person and the business itself rest or be more knowledgeable about something. And I think that's a really humble part of this job. Uh, the same with Killer Kelly. You know, she was amazing, absolutely amazing, bubbly from start to finish. Yes, but she, we spoke. We were speaking for weeks because we the the interview was meant to be done way before it did. I can't remember why it wasn't. <clears throat> but anyway, we um we spoke before it and uh I said, Look, you're you're clearly very vocal about mental health. Would you be okay speaking about it? And she said, Yeah and she did and I think I think I, I basically just shut up for about three and a half minutes and she spoke about her mental health, her struggles oh, wow. and gave advice to anybody who's in that situation on how they could help tackle it for themselves. And it was so humbling. It was such a beautiful moment. And again, that that was humbling for me because I was able to give Killer Kelly that platform to share that experience with her followers, her fans, her listeners, fans of the podcast, and anybody that was just listening. So I think being able to do this job is a privilege and yes. some people there are some people out there that do take it for granted but there are also a lot of amazing people just like yourself chris that really do do this for the passion and the love of being able to offer people a platform to share their love passion desires experiences etc mm-hmm. etc et so that's my winston churchill speech yeah. <laughs> oh, Killer Kelly, she's so underutilized in NXT UK. I think that she could have, they could have done something really special with her. But, yeah, you know, she's this, this... she's doing big things now, though. She's in, she's she, well, she's I think she's back in Germany now, is she? Maybe I don't know. She was in, she flew over to America, which was her mm. goal anyway. That's what she wanted to do. Uh, she ended up in um, Josh Barnett's Bloodsport. Um, yes. GCW, everything, you know, so she's, she's killing it. She will go to a big promotion. I, I have no doubt about that because she's not just talented in the ring, but if you watch her and the way she really does own that badass mm. gimmick, uh, I don't think there's anybody else in the business that can do it quite like her. Yeah, I asked her, Diana Peraza, who she'd like Impact Wrestling to sign, and she said, Killer Kelly. Oh, wicked. Like one of, was finished, yeah, it was one of the top three people to do that she wanted. Impact aside. <laughs> so where can people find your pod? Uh yeah, well it's it's everywhere. Anywhere that you get your podcast, it is there. So it's Apple, Spotify, TuneIn, uh Podchaser, Podcatcher, <laughs> <laughs> YouTube. Uh you can watch the full episodes on there at Keep It Locked Pod. 
Um, you can also go to Powered 4 TV, the old Turnbuckle TV guys, and I yes. have my own channel on there. Very, very good bunch of guys over there. So, yeah, again, you can go to Powered 4 TV online and watch all episodes of Keep It Locked and Gone Gold. Um, yeah, so it's, we, I, I just kind of had to put them all together. I mean, what, what I'm going to look to do is a few of the interviews that I did for Gone Gold is do a part two for Keep It Locked in the future. But, oh, uh, yeah, so we can, you know, because there, I had, to, I, I always have amazing guests. I'm very lucky, very fortunate to have the guests I have. Um, and I don't take that for granted for a single second, Chris, because I know that I am a very lucky boy. I get, you know, people like yourselves and, um, Stu and, and, uh, John and all those guys going, Good catch. How the how did you manage to do that? I just I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I yeah I'm lucky to to be offered uh, the the interviews and guests that I am, but I do make the most of them. I I love supplying the content and just I, I guess to do a bit of bit of ego ego digging here to be for all of you guys who do listen to my shows and watch my shows. To, for you to be putting me in global chart positions all around the world, not just in the UK, but the likes of Canada, Australia, Dominican Republic was another one. To yes. be in the top 30 everywhere is just mind-blowing. So I want to say thank you to anybody who's listening to this, who has downloaded one episode, who has listened to just one episode, or who continually listen to the shows that i put out so i just i really am very grateful and very humble whenever i look at the charts and we're like oh god <laughs> they, they crack a 200 in america so how the hell are we in, like the top 200 in america it's mind-blowing <laughs> isn't it it's mind-blowing and and when you you know you, you because i'm so the, the the platform i use that i upload my shows onto which put them on Apple and Spotify. It's called Buzzsprout, and they give you statistics on where you're yes. on the chart, how you got there, what oh, right. number you're going, you know, you could go to if the projection keeps going. So they give me all these statistics, and um, I remember checking them the one day, and it come up US, and it was like number thirty three in the US. Wow! <laughs> and I looked who I was surrounded by. And I was surrounded by Sam Roberts, uh, Raven, and yes. Jerry Lawler. Wow. And I was just like, this has got to be a bug. Something's gone. <laughs> but then you look at the breakdown of statistics that it gives you on how you got there, and you're like, oh, my God, you guys are incredible. <laughs> like, <Yep. laughs> just mind-blowing. So, yeah. Um, yeah, the biggest one today is still number 20 in – the Australian charts behind Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, that will always be the biggest podcast achievement in terms of chart yes. positions I think I will ever have. Uh, unbelievable. But I am bringing the interviews back. I've been supplying yes. the, best the best stops, stops. Yeah. Uh, which have been obviously, it, it speaks for itself, a collection of, uh, you know, good, brilliant moments from uh, past guests. They've been very well received. Uh, but we are bringing interviews back. My first guest. Now, no one knows this, Chris, until now. So this is an exclusive <laughs> for you. My first guest coming back is going to be Chase Owens. Wow. Very Chase exciting Owens. for that. 
<laughs> so is he, ba- is he back in like America at the moment, or is he in Japan still? Japan, that so is still Japan. in Japan. So yeah, I'm having oh. <laughs> had to do the interview at 11 a.m. my time, which was 8 p.m. his time. Yes. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> the time difference was was tough, but is uh, yeah, that's going to be that's that's going to be one that you guys are going to enjoy. Yeah, the, the worst time difference I've ever had to do. I, did, I interviewed um, for the United Man United. Right back, Paul Parker. He lived in Thailand. Oh no way! Yeah, it was half seven our time, and I think it was half eight his time in the evening. (laughs) (laughs) Well, see, because I'm um, so I'm I'm I've got to be careful how I word this because it's not (laughs) so. So I'm some good friends with with Mechawolf, as we've already said, and his tag partner Bestia six six six. So. I'm working on something where I will be potentially working in Mexico in 2021. Oh, wow. So I was on a call with Bestia last night, and it was 8 p.m. here, which was... No, 7 p.m. Was it? No, because the clocks were gone. It was 6 p.m., sorry, which was 11 a.m. his time. Yeah. So he's just waking up as I'm settling on my sofa to binge on Narcos or something, you know. Like, and it's just like you look; it's all bright and beautiful, you know. He's sat outside, <laughs> and the sun's beaming down on him, and I'm here in my room. Curtains are closed; it's dark. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and um, yeah, I, I, towards the the end of the chat, he just kind of got up and. His phone pointed to the sky, and uh, I was just like, "Right, you can go now," because you're making me depressed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so yeah, that's I, I have to be very careful how I worded that because yes, <laughs> nothing can happen. But uh, yeah, you know, it's it's good to be able to be in the business where I'm given the privilege to speak to so many amazing people uh, like yourself, Chris, and you know, I'm very honoured. That you've uh, you've asked me to be a part of this, so yeah, thank you very much. Hello, my name's Simon Hill, and you're listening to Broken but Glorious Wrestling. This is one of the best podcasts around. Don't miss it. If you're a promoter for a day promoting a show, use a wrestler you've either worked on a show with or interviewed. Some a wrestler associated to you in some way. If I give you a match type, you tell me who will be in that match. Perfect. Go for it. Cool. So who will be in your opening contest to get the crowd excited? Right, so I had to think about this one, but I think this one will be a good one because all of these guys are young. Yes. Uh, they're the one side, are very mouthy and very entertaining, more than hype, yes. versus the very entertaining Big Guns Joe and the Young Guns. Ooh, yes. I would love to see that match personally, but I think that would definitely get the crowd hyped. I mean, <laughs> yeah. So I think I think that would be a great way to start a show. Yeah, the the TNT Ignition show in February earlier this year was the first time I've ever seen Big Joe as a face because at Wrestle Island, my local promotion, he's been heel, and we all love singing Tiny Tiny Joe and him. So it was weird <laughs> cheering cheering him for the first time ever. That was a great. Was that the one against Joe Gacy? No, that it was the. Um, the, 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 it was the the ends the series they'll do. I can't remember what's called the World Consensus series. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Yeah, so it was just yeah, so weird <laughs> cheering. 
for the first time. <laughs> the five draws ready there. He's like, yes, tiny, tiny Joe. And everybody else is singing it. He's like, oh. <laughs> no, we, we we love him at TNT. He's, uh, I, I think that kid's got a great future as well. He really oh. has. And he's just funny. Like, he's so dry-humoured. Um, yes. If you ever get the chance, if you haven't already, I would recommend you speaking to Big Guns Joe because he will entertain you for hours without meaning to. Yes, he's so funny. <laughs> yeah, I found him on the boat. It was the last show the year before. It was, what, it was a while ago. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's a lot of fun stuff too. He is. He's brilliant. <laughs> I know over lockdown, he's getting, he seems to be getting bigger. I said, no, your whole gimmick is that you're small, but you call Big Joe. You can't be getting muscly. <laughs> <laughs> they, they all are because they all train together, see? So, mm-hmm. so the young guns, Big Guns Joe, uh, Kid Like Us, to um, Tom Thelwell. So all those yes. guys are best mates. So they all play the PlayStation together on the night and they all uh, go to the gym together. Uh, obviously, you know, we'll, we'll say for legal reasons they have to be split up in a gym at the moment. But, you know, so they, like, all of them are just getting so jacked at the moment. I mean, Ethan yes. Allen looks like a totally different guy. Yes, he does. He's huge. I interviewed him on our last show and he was... He, he was just, he was just a toned guy, you know, just a, a normal athletic looking guy. And now he is yeah. massive. So I can't wait for him to get back in the ring. That'll be amazing. Yeah. So, so yeah. Some of the shape that people got in during lockdown has been amazing. But I've interviewed a few guys who said, I just concentrated on how my body looked and forgot to do cardio and they got back to training and they'll gasp within five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know that feeling. I know that feeling. Uh, um, your comedy match. Okay, this is a good one. Okay, uh-huh. so yeah, we 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 we're going on people that I've interviewed, right? So, okay, uh, the comedy match: Session Moth Martina yes. versus Charlie Evans versus Ooh. Andy Floss. Wow, <laughs> that's three completely separate <laughs> three styles. <laughs> So you're going to have Session Martha Martino, who is just going to be throwing cans of beer around, Candy Floss, who's going to be offering sweets to Session yeah. Martha Martino, and Charlie <laughs> Evans, who's just going to want to kick your ass. So I think that is just a great match. <laughs> Charlie and Death Mask Road. <laughs> <It's> incredible. <laughs> incredible. I, I, I need to pitch this to TNT, I think. Yes. Uh, right, uh, off the back of that, then a women's title match. Lizzie Evo versus Killer Kelly. Yes. Wow. Do you want? So here's a little spoiler for you. That match Ooh. was actually scheduled for Siren's Fury. Oh, for this. Wow. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen Lizzie Evo wrestle a woman. I think the two times I've seen her live, she 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 does she does do a lot of intergender. But I tell you what, you the match she had against Casey Owens at TNT to win the belt was amazing. Mm. Absolutely amazing, and for a for a woman who's twenty one, she's she's still very new to the business. Even though she has been around, you know, she's she's definitely wrestled some incredible talent. Um, but she is so passionate and so talented uh, that it, uh, she there is nothing stopping that woman going no. to the top. Nothing. No, she's yeah, she's amazing. So I've seen I've seen videos of her wrestling, wrestling women, but I've never she's live. I think I've seen her wrestle Pitbull and yeah. CJ Banks live. Yeah, yeah, we have. Uh, we've got some big plans for Lizzie in 2021 at TNT. So keep it locked. <laughs> well, 
Alright, then uh, Hardcore Extreme Rules, Deathmatch, Stipulation, Tag Match. Hardcore match would be... Right, now, I've got two different matches here. Right, so, yeah. So, Hardcore match will be Eddie Kingston versus A-Kid versus Ace Austin versus Ricky Shane Page. Wow. (laughs) Fatal four-way with those. I mean, Eddie versus Ricky Shane Page in itself would be amazing, but when you add two of the best quick movers in the business, Akid and Ace Austin, into the mix, oh my god, that is fun. Oh, that's a bit, oh. You're making the card too good. I want to watch it. <laughs> I'm going to end up showing this to TNC and they're just going to book it, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> uh, your tag team title match. Kings of the North versus the Woke Queen. So yeah, Kings the of the North versus Queen. Valkyrie and Debbie Cartel. Ooh. I think that would be a very good match because yes. they all know each other, obviously, from OTT anyway. Um, yeah. And I I just love the dynamic of Valkyrie and Debbie Keitel. They're funny, but then when they get in the ring, they're just balls to the wall, kick your ass, man. Like They're just going to come for you. And Kings yeah. of the North, they <laughs> hit hard. They like to get hit hard. So I think that would be an incredible tag match. Yes. Uh, uh, intergender match. No, just Clint, Clint Margera versus Molly Spartan. Ooh. Now that, that would be very interesting. So Clint Margera, famous for the death match, but when you put yeah. him up against somebody like Molly Spartan, who will fight any big guy <laughs> yes. and come out on top, I think that's going to be an interesting dynamic. Yes, definitely. <laughs> and then your main event, your title match. Title match would have to be Mecha Wolf and Mr. Four Fifty versus his tag partner, Bestia Six Six Six. Ooh, a proper that, yeah, proper lucha match. So I think I think pitting those two against each other, they've been best friends, tag partners for many years, but we don't know what they're like against each other. So I think you put no. that in the event <laughs> stipulation. What a match. I've had to watch Pentagon versus uh, Ray Phoenix about four times because my five-year-old just can't believe that they're fighting each other. They're brothers? Why are they <laughs> fighting each other? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think that's the thing. I think when it seems like that, you know, like Phoenix and Pentagon or, or Mecha Wolf and Bestia, I know that Mecha likes to get hit hard and he likes to yes. fly and make sure that he hits hard. You know, he's he's a man of a great moveset that's very creative. And then Bestia, if you watch Bestia do his finisher, there is nothing subtle about that move without you missing no. because it looks <laughs> brutal. So I think those guys would give one hell of a physical match to each other. I really do. Bestie has appeared for MLW a couple of times. I'm sure. He has. Yeah, yep, that's, that's where I've seen him. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, they're, uh, they're doing big things with AAA at the moment. I don't know if you saw, AAA have done a deal with Marvel. Ooh. Wow. I know. And now Marvel are going to have their own like division and stuff uh, there. I don't know how long that's going to take to kick in, but wow. <laughs> um, so, mental. Like licensed wrestling. Yeah, yeah. So, like, me and Bestie were having this conversation last night. Now, I'd already seen on 
Twitter about the Marvel deal, but we were talking about it and he was explaining that there's some things I can't tell you, but he was explaining to you what's going on with it all, and I was just like, that's meant how how have you managed Conan must be the best talker in the world, honestly. Like <laughs> to get a deal with Marvel, it's just incredible. It's basically a deal with Disney, isn't it? More or less, yeah. yeah. Wow. I'll have to keep your house on it. I'm really interested to see what that goes. <laughs> so. Yeah, definitely. Me and you both. <laughs> you both. Uh, but yeah, they're they're doing big things with AAA. Obviously, um, you know, I, I said to Best Deal last night. I was like, you guys are just all over the place at the moment. They've been at GCW, um, and oh, what was the other Chicago promotion? AAW or something? I, they've just been everywhere. So they're killing it over there at the moment. It's mm. weird because there's no shows in Mexico uh, at the moment. They're in a similar situation to the UK when it comes to wrestling at the moment. Oh wow. Yeah, which I didn't actually know until you told me last night. So, fingers crossed, 2021, we can get back to wrestling shows, Chris, because I need oh, can't wait. a fix. Yeah, but, uh, say me and Isaac have been watching the same five Wrestle Island DVDs on repeat. He's fell in love with a uh, Britannia wrestling Royal Rumble from earlier this year. It's got oh, all four yeah. members of Paradox. He's, he's obsessed with the Paradox. He calls it the Paradox Rumble, so we, we watch that at least once a week throughout. <laughs> and he, he can, he can, if it, I think for the first like, 15 people coming in, he can say, oh, he's coming in now. He's coming in now. <laughs> he's watched it that many times. Oh, man, that's I keep, I keep it, cool. Oh. Britannia, I like the Paradox oh, yeah. as well. They're good lads, man. Really good lads. Oh. I know um, that's where... Britannia's where... Cameron Solo, where, uh, oh, what are they called? <laughs> oh, God, he's going to kill me. Um, Cameron Solis' tag team, that's where they went against uh, Chris Young Vets. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it was voting match of the year or whatever it was in Britannia. Uh, yeah, that's the one. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. So, no, they're, they're, a good, they're a good promotion. I think there's a lot of good promotions. You know, I think British wrestling has been through a lot this year uh, but I do feel I mean I, I saw somebody spouting a load of crap the other day that British wrestling was dead it's dead um, it's I, I was saying it's dead because we can't get imports or something. We don't need yeah imports. that's the one uh, <laughs> I, honestly dude like if, you're, if your promotion relies on imports then just it like for me though you're not doing it right <laughs> no exactly I mean you know, this guy was just chatting a load of... Am I allowed to say his name on your podcast, or would you rather yeah, not? That's fine. Right, Will Cooling, you're chatting shit. Um, British wrestling <laughs> is very much alive, mate, because the level of talent we have in this country is unrivaled. I have given a list today of upcoming talent that could step in the ring with most import talent around the world and hold their own. Um, I think British wrestling, when it comes back, is going to be thriving bigger and better than ever. And I really can't wait for when that happens because as soon as it does, British wrestling will once again be one of the biggest territories worldwide where imports will want to come to us. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and over, yeah over the last know, seven months, the ideas people have been coming up with, so little tweaks to the characters, and some people have done like a complete overhaul of their gimmick. Yeah. Over the last seven months, so I'm so excited for when it comes back just to see how they're going to like put this into place. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there's, there's promotions that have been hard at work um, as well behind the scenes. You know, the likes of TNT, no doubt OTT, uh, Catch. All these guys uh, are working so hard mm. to make sure that when we all come back, firstly, we're safe, the talent's safe. Mm-hmm. We're going to have good shows but the talent have been working so so hard on refining their gimmick move sets how they can how they can grab a crowd more and just engage you and in, in this mm. story that they want to tell like there is not like i do not see when british wrestling comes back i do not see anything but good things come into british wrestling I'm so excited. Yeah, I think if anything, we should be more excited than we already were. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> right, um, should we leave it there? <laughs> I don't want to leave. <laughs> Keep you on night. <laughs> we, I, I feel like I feel like there's like six parts of this interview now, Chris. We've been going yeah. for an hour and a half, but do you know what? It's been yeah. so much fun. I do want to say again, thank you for inviting me, and I do know that you've been. You've been wanting to to do this for a while, obviously. You know, me moving across country kind of halted things, but yeah. I'm really glad that you asked me to be a part of this. So, yeah, once again, thank you very much. I really appreciate the invite. Yeah, so, yeah, it's a lot of fun. I can't wait. I hope you do it again in the future. So, before we go, do you want to promote your social media and Absolutely. tell our listeners again where they can find your podcast? Sure. Yeah. Thank you very much. So, yeah, uh, Twitter's my biggest platform. That's where I chat most of my rubbish. Um, at Simon H Official. I'm at Simon H. Fischl everywhere, really. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook page. So you can go and like, share, follow, subscribe, whatever you do. And, yeah, you can watch episodes of the podcast on YouTube. Keep it locked pod or go to Powered4TV. On their free section, you will find the Keep It Locked channel where you, again, can watch all the interviews uh, that we do on Keep It Locked. All the back catalogue is there. You can listen to it on Spotify iTunes, Podchaser, Amazon Music, absolutely anything, anywhere that you get your <laughs> podcast, yeah. it's there uh, for you to listen on the go as well at Keep It Locked with Simon Hill, I guess. And yeah, that's that's me, dude. That's me in a nutshell. <laughs> cool. uh, yeah, I'll put links to everything in the description below the interview. So I've really enjoyed speaking again. I'd say I'd love to have you on again in the future. Perfect. I feel Thank like we just scrape, scrape, the, scrape the service. <laughs> oh, absolutely. There's so much more. <laughs> But yeah, thank you once again, man. I really appreciate it.